PSA. Don't bring hiking boots when walking on Tundra. Your feet will get soaked. It's like a wet sponge. We're almost there. <laughs> About halfway. Getting my ass handed to me. Well, it's a lot faster with snowmobiles. Hey, I'm Josh Bentley, and this is the final part in a three-part Science Quickly Fascination series from a fast-warming Arctic. Today, I'm heading to a place called the Trail Valley Creek Research Station, high in the Canadian Arctic. I'm sloshing around with Gabriel Hould Gosselin. Gabriel is a research assistant for Wilfrid Laurier University in Ontario and the University of Montreal. We actually did his original interviews in French. So you are listening to a combination of field audio and a new interview in English. I brought you uh, about 60 kilometers north of Inuvik, which is a little town at the top of the Northwest Territories, uh, out near the Tukti Arctic Highway uh, in the tundra. We passed the tree line on our drive. No more trees, just a flat carpet, orange, red, and green tundra. It's unlike any landscape I've ever seen. There's permafrost all over the place. Uh, it's, it's super deep. It's like four to 600 meters, depending. So for all you non-metric listeners, that's 1,300 to almost 2,000 feet deep. That's deeper than almost all the world's tallest skyscrapers. And that's permafrost being permanently frozen ground, ground that doesn't go above zero degrees Celsius. Uh, of course, the top layer kind of thaws over summer and then refreezes over winter. That's exactly the part that Gabriel is most interested in. That's the area that is active, that has bacteria kind of decomposing organic matter and farting out carbon dioxide and methane. <laughs> I mean, there's this kind of methane bomb that we're talking about in several articles. Uh, that, that's what people are thinking about and thinking. The more there is, the more trouble we're in. Oh boy, if things keep on warming, it, there's a whole bunch of ground that's been frozen for a long time with basically a huge pool of carbon that's just ready to be digested by those methane-producing bacteria. And that's a huge concern for researchers such as Gabriel. What's going to happen? Yeah, that's, that's the concern. What's going on in the Arctic? And that's why he's here. There's only one way to learn the answer to that question, and it's with data. There's been very little um, real sampling that's been done. I mean, there's more and more stuff that comes out. There's more and more satellites that are put out there and that are much better and better at looking at different wavelengths. You know, some of them use radar, some of them use infrared, some of them, and some of them actually see, measure directly the amount of methane that's in the air in certain areas. But those methods are less reliable without actual measurements from the ground. To validate those measurements, we need ground, ground truthing data. So data that comes from the era that that's, that satellite's looking at to kind of compare what's being measured and from up there and then what's being measured from the ground. And that's why we're standing among a bunch of white tents on red tundra. It's all cleaned up for the off-season. And it's nice and clean. Is it not normally this clean? I mean, normally there's a bunch of people living here, right, so right. there's stuff everywhere. Uh, normally we have a bug net, like a, one oh, of those okay. uh, kind of area. gazebo bug net thing. Yeah. And then we set up our tents all around here. I mean, normally there's a whole bunch of chairs and, uh, you know, when we get the heater going, people kind of 
It's where we eat and just spend our time. Yeah. It's tea. <laughs> it's great. It's a luxury. We make our way to Gabriel's main research station. It's called an Eddy Covariance Tower. Well, no, a private company installed the tower. I installed all the instruments on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I spent, I don't know, 30 hours on it. So we climbed 20 meters, or 65 feet, up this skinny tower carrying giant pieces of equipment. Here's what he installed. So on the tower uh, for Eddy Covariance, in principle, there's two main instruments. One instrument that measures the concentration of gas uh, that we're interested in in the air, and that uses infrared. Remember those greenhouse gas parts? This is how science sniffs them out. So basically, we know per volume the amount of carbon dioxide or water vapor that, that's in that parcel of air. And we're using ultrasound to measure at about 10 times a second the speed of wind in the x, y, and z direction. And then we do the covariance between the vertical movements of wind and the concentration of gas. Do we have enough towers in the north to get an accurate picture? No, we do not. <laughs> it's incredibly difficult and costly to just get something out there. Just to go in those environments is ex really expensive at a certain point. The biggest challenge that I found doing stuff out there is not necessarily the cold or like the mosquitoes or whatever. It's getting enough power for all of those instruments that measure 24 hours a day, 10 times a second. Is Tundra really that different that we that we need testing in all these different locations? How does it differ? You try to draw uh, like a, a, not a paint by number, but you know one of those little, uh, and you have to kind oh, of draw a line in the, the, the numbers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically you get an entire image with four points and you have to draw an elephant. Like it's not gonna look like an elephant, it's gonna look like a square. <laughs> so it, it's the same thing. Like we're trying to get a detailed image of what, like how different types of landscapes in the north behave. But if we only have four points, we're going to be missing a lot of detail. And maybe some of the detail is going to be important. How big of a problem is this? How worried should we be? There's been very little um, real sampling that's been done. I mean, there's more and more stuff that comes out. I don't want to be alarmist. And, you know, there's always the, the kind of trap for scientists to say, because they, they don't want to say stuff that they don't know. They just go, well, I don't know. I'm not qualified enough. And then basically that's taken um, by the media saying, well, we're not sure whether it's a problem. Of course, it's concerning. Of course, we have to do something. In fact, we're past the point of no return. Things are going to happen. Things are warming up already beyond our control. And the consequences of that are happening now and are going to happen. By how much? I can't say. Science Quickly is produced by Jeffrey Delvisio, Tulika Bose, and Kelsel Harper. Our music was composed by Dominic Smith. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more science news, please go to scientificamerican.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Let's Talk Science. Thank you for joining our Arctic series. I'm Joss Bentley, and this is Science Quickly. Science Quickly.